Hello and welcome to the International Society for Physical Activity and Health podcast. Today's podcast is one in a series of nine podcasts on the eight investments that work for physical activity. The eight investments that work for physical activity are a call to action for everyone, everywhere, including professionals, academics, civil society and decision makers, to embed physical activity in national and subnational policies. It's time to get into our podcast for today with your host, Matthew Tepe McLaughlin. Okay, I'm here today with Dr. Paul Kelly, who has been involved in ISPAR for a number of years and recently stepped off the treasurer role. Uh, how are we doing, Paul? Very well, thanks. Nice to see you, Tepe. All right. So your investment was the that that you led was the public education, including mass media. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about that investment? Yes, I, I think I I like this investment. Um, it it's the one I think that uh, highlights well how it's a a systems level approach that you know, obviously is part best investments is advocating um, because. You know, we, we know well that uh, kind of public education and messaging and communication won't do anything on its own, um, because if there aren't also the opportunities and the accessibility and the capabilities for people to do activity, then, you know, you can get someone as motivated to be active as you like, but if there isn't somewhere to go and be active, it, it, it's going to have no effect. But vice versa, you know, you can build all of the, um, you know, most excellent facilities and infrastructure. If people don't know it's there or don't want to use it, um, similarly, um, it, it, they may you know, remain sort of dusty on the shelf, so to speak. So it, for me, the, the, the public education and the mass media is, is a really nice example of how things work together. So it, it's our way of, of helping people be aware of the benefits and also helping them be aware of the opportunities um, and, and finding strategies that hopefully make them more confident, more motivated, um, more self-efficacy um, to, to, to be active. Yeah, it's interesting. I, 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 that's how I look at this investment as well. It, it pulls together the other ones in a way uh, uh, and, you know, kind of ties them together. And we, we had the podcast from, we had both podcasts from uh, Professor Jasper Schipperine, who was talking about the actual physical environment. And yeah, without the combination of all of these things alone that it's not about doing things alone is it it's about doing things together so, so why, we agree with jasper yeah we can all nod um so why is this investment important to boost levels of physical activity well i suppose building from what i said in the, the previous answer um it it speaks to a number of uh, the sort of known, I guess, mechanisms or pathways, um, you know, to being more active. So, you know, it allows people to address their knowledge of the, the benefits, um, or rather it allows us to address people's knowledge of the benefits. Um, it speaks to things like motivation. It speaks to things like confidence. It speaks to things, uh, you know, I, I guess, self-efficacy um, as, as well there. Um, it, you know, I think I mentioned this as well. It's not just being aware of the benefits as being aware of the opportunities and how to be active and, and how active to be. Um, and, you know, something that's really coming out of, I, I would say out of the research in recent years is there was a kind of a long 
for a long time, we kind of assumed if we tell people that being inactive is bad for their cardiovascular or metabolic health, they would make the rational choice and become more active. And of course, yeah, that's we've not seen, a, seen a lot of that. Yeah, this much you percentage know, reduced death or this. Yeah, we've seen a lot in of 25 that. years time. Yeah, you know, 20% increased risk of type 2 diabetes. I mean, you, I lost you at the first word, you know, if, yeah. if you're a normal member of the population. You know, it's great for us as, as academics and researchers and advocates. We all think it's great talking about that stuff. Yeah. But I think the, the you know, a, a lot of the, the research, even in the last five, 10 years, has, has started to kind of direct us more to a, you know, can we speak to pe- actually what people's motivations are when we're doing the mass media and the communication? So can we talk about mental health benefits? Can we talk about social benefits? Can we talk about how it's going to make them feel in the moment now, um, as opposed to some kind of, obscure point in the future you know where if you understand what hazard ratio is you understand why there might be a benefit yeah so yeah that's kind of for me how it's looking at the moment yeah so if it was public education mass media and using that example then that's could come down to something at the very micro level the difference between a poster that says one thing and the difference between a poster that says another um yeah Absolutely. I mean, something that has been around for, for a while is this, this notion of should it be game framed or loss framed? That's kind of from the psychology, you know, should you talk about the things that will happen to you if you're if you aren't active, you know, the warnings or should you frame it as, well, here's the benefits you'll receive right away. You know, if you go for a walk with friends or family or the dog or get outside or, you know, play some sport or whatever it is. Um, and while those messages have been around for a long time from psychology, I think the physical activity field and the research seems to be picking it up more than ever these days. Mm. So changing tack, who is it that needs to be involved in this investment to, to, to make it happen? Is it at those local council areas or is it maybe it's the states or the um, counties or is it at the highest level of the country, the federal level? Well, I think without dodging the question, I think it can work at all levels. You know, we certainly in, in the UK and, and in Scotland, I don't know if the same is true where you are, Teppi, there, there are, you know, some, some pretty good national awareness raising campaigns now. Um, but, you know, so that's at the national level, but at the school or the individual level, for example, you know, we can still do really effective messaging and communication and education there as well. Um, and, you know, obviously, as, as you zoom in more, you can become more tailored, more targeted to the intended uh, recipients and audiences. Um, and, and, you know, when you're at the national level, it might just be around, you know, saying, you know, look, this is important enough that, you know, we, as a country, we're taking it seriously. And, you know, does that on its own shift physical activity levels? No, of course not. But it's, it contributes to the narrative and, you know, it contributes to the systems approach of, of trying to, to, you know, bring as many people with us as we can. Okay. So what are some of those key recommendations that you would say for people listening? Um, what do we need to do in policy? What do we need to do in practice? And what do we need to do in research to further public education and mass media? Oh, okay. Um, so I think in policy, it's about implementation. So it's, it's about saying, you know, taking the current best evidence and, and the current kind of evidence-informed approaches and doing them. And, and like I said, there's, there's evidence that that's starting to happen, and that's really good. Um, from a practice point of view, I mean, what does that implementation look like? Well, you know, we alluded to focusing on positives rather than negatives, maybe more of a narrative around social and mental, um, you know, benefits and reasons as opposed to, 
you know, physical reasons. And, you know, also being more tailored and targeted. So, you know, understanding that the sort of education and messaging that might work for office workers may be different to older adults, which may be different to primary school children. Now, that seems obvious, but that's, I think, a clear area where we can do better um, as a, as a, you know, as a field, you know, there's, there's clearly, you'll find good examples out there, but across the board, there needs to be improvement there. Um, and in terms of research, I think there's, there's, there's kind of two, two levels. There's, there's what's happening with physical activity researchers, and then there's what's happening, you know, more broadly. And I think physical activity researchers, and it's getting really good. Like, you know, there's some really great work from Canada, from the United States, um, there's some work going on in the UK as well now, and, and I'm sure there's others I'm not even aware of yet, um, trying to, you know, raise the profile of, of this work within the field of physical activity. I also think what researchers um, are doing and need to do is, is reach out to other areas with expertise. So, for example, smoking cessation has, has, a, has a long history of, you know, quite effective public education and, and messaging. You know, social marketing is an entire discipline that that has been dabbled in, but I think a lot more, a lot closer links between physical activity research and, and social marketing would be beneficial. Can so, we can we learn um, from the the converse? Can we learn from the promotion of those, say, um, the promotion of alcohol, for instance? Can we learn things from things like that? So, great question. Um, so I mentioned smoking. You mentioned alcohol. There's also things like drink driving, and there's also things like um, you know, uh, food um, communication education, where generally we're, we're trying to ask people to do less of something or to not do something. And that conversely, on physical activity, we're asking them to do something. So we've got to be careful that we can't draw direct parallels from what works, you know, a fear-based campaign around um, smoking cessation or around um, drink driving. Um, but, then, but clearly there are going to be evidence-based principles that will, will be helpful to, to, to us. Mm. So, um, but I think something what, what you maybe were alluding to in your question is clearly there are things, you know, across the advertising and marketing world from, um, you know, maybe I shouldn't mention big soft drinks or, you know, alcohol brands, but, you know, car brands, clothing brands, aftershave and perfume brands, you know, they've got really, really good at claiming a market share and, and maintaining people to do a behavior. And I do think when you look at the way they advertise their products, there's, there's quite a difference in how we advertise ours, if you like. Now, yeah. we've got much bigger budgets yeah. and huge teams, and, and, and that has to be taken into account. But I do think there, there, there might be some lessons about what they think works to motivate people to do stuff. Yeah. I, I, what strikes me is I think that they know as well that if, if they stopped doing advertising, completely of any anything it wouldn't be the be all and end all for the for the product um so it is it's, it just reinforces that it is a part of a system and there's other things that influence people's decisions like the cost or the accessibility or and so it is a system and i think that ties it in really nicely um for for a close so if there's anything else you'd like to add anything we might have missed uh, no um you know uh i you know, for all researchers, you know, listening, listening and professionals and practitioners, policymakers, you know, do do think about this best investment because I think, like you said, Tefi, it's one that ties them all together rather than one that, that would, we would ever argue should stand alone um, as, a, as an approach. Great. Thanks for joining us today, Paul.
No worries, Steffi. Thanks. Well, that brings us to the end of today's podcast. But if you haven't done so already, I'll encourage you to subscribe to your favorite podcast channel. The International Society for Physical Activity and Health podcast is available on all of the leading podcast channels, including Apple, Spotify, Google. If you've got an idea for a podcast, you can send that through to info at ispar.org. Thank you very much for listening, and we hope you can join us on our podcast again soon.